for joining us uh, on the F5 podcast. We look forward to conversing with you. We look forward to uh, discussing the pandemic versus the Great Depression. Oh. Uh, we have Joe Shallaby in attendance. Uh, Joe is one of my best friends. Um, he was a groomsman at my wedding. Uh, I've known him for how long now? Like a decade, um, almost a decade. Yes. And uh, Joe is a the second uh, mortgage broker in the nation currently. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. And uh, why don't you just introduce yourself really quick, and then we'll get started. Uh, hi, Joseph Shalby. I'm the founder and CEO of eMortgage Capital. Uh, we, we're currently the number one non-delegated mortgage banker in America, and we're, we hover between number two and number three mortgage broker in America currently. We've got to get you to number one. That's the yeah. goal. The goal is number one by Q1 of 2022. So. Damn. Wow. Awesome. So hopefully, the more more uh, public exposure. I'm always doing the these podcasts or in front of cameras all day, so just kind of gaining more media attention with the objective of uh, you know gaining more market share. Where are you based out of? We're based out of our headquarters of Irvine, California, okay. but we have um, you know like hundreds of offices all over the place. Nice. I, I, I'd like to visit them all. Yesterday, I had a guy putting up signs in a bunch of offices. I'm like, oh, I gotta go visit that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're everywhere. All right. So uh, the reason we're talking about this today is because we did a Sebastian did a talk on, or he did a he we did a clip of him talking about how um, millennials aren't having sex. And I don't know, for some reason, a bunch of people... It was deeply uh, resonated. Yeah, it yeah. deeply resonated. And they kept saying, we're broke. Like, we, we can't do that. Like, why are you even mentioning that? Um, the, the, the world's on fire currently. And, like, you need to understand our excuses for not doing this, for not having sex or procreating consistently. Kids. Now, what I did, what I responded was... And he said, I, I responded care. with... Uh, like school look, fail you or you during the Great school. Depression, he mentioned this initially. He said during the Great Depression and World War II, more people were having sex during those times. It was actually the sexual revolution, the beginning of the sexual re revolution. So, I just said, hey, you know, they had plenty of excuses not to have babies, not to have sex, whatever the case may be. And so, I really want this to relate to success and whether people should have excuses regarding their future success or lack thereof. And the shocker there was we had a number of people try to argue that this this time period was worse. Uh, literally. Than the Great literally. Depression. I was like, hey, guys, I, I pulled up a bunch of stats. Straight face. <laughs> like, one thing I've noticed on this podcast is, like, things that I didn't realize <clears throat> that I would have to bring stats for, mm -hmm. I have to bring stats for. Yeah. Like, I could say the sky is blue, and I'd be like, what's the statistical relevance of that? <laughs> like, uh, all right, so... Now, you know, we, we came a little bit prepared, but what are your thoughts on, like, people saying that the Great Depression and World War II periods were harder than cur the current? When they mentioned that to me, and I, I, I was shocked because for us as a big organization, we're seeing the opposite. We are basically handing out jobs, mm -hmm. and people are basically like, we don't want to work. We're, mm -hmm. we're receiving free money. Why would mm -hmm. we work? So... Getting, you know, normal wages, get normal wage employees is pretty much impossible, and that's pretty much across every business. Yep. So mm -hmm. if you even look at like Wendy's, who just came released an article saying that 
they can't hire people at $25 an hour. Holy wow, moly. No one wants to work. Yeah. McDonald's, same issue. They're giving away top dollar to hire people. Nobody wants to work. So what we've done is we're outsourcing a lot of the low-paying jobs that are you know not high-income earner positions because we can't get people to work for $15 an hour. Can't get people to work for $18 an hour. And those that we do employ, let's say for $60,000 a year or $70,000 a year, they are like, they're in and out. Like, they're always taking time off mm. all the time. COVID is the bi- biggest excuse. Someone gets sick, well, I got another two free weeks. You know, like somebody gets, well, another two free weeks. So even getting people to sit in their seat <laughs> yeah. is difficult after you hire them. So, you know, people saying that, I don't know if it's fiscal. That you're, you know, Can you speak more the, to the mic, bro? I, I don't know if it's a financial thing that people mm-hmm. are dealing with right now, saying it's uh, close to the, de- the Great Depression, because what we're seeing is the opposite. Like, <coughs> the Great Depression was, se- there was no jobs, right? Mm-hmm. The Great Recession, in 2008, there was no jobs. There's an abundance yeah. of money and jobs right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if it's a demographic I just don't, or it might just equate to just pure laziness mm-hmm. of your viewership, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I mean, they were fervent. Let, let's pull up some of the, the comments. Um, so I, I said, I had to actually ask the question. So she said, there, there was a girl that mentioned the, that this time is way harder than the Great Depression. I actually had to ask her the question. So let me just clarify. Do you mean that this time currently is harder than the Great Depression. And she's like, absolutely, blah, and she wrote like paragraphs under that. And so what do you say to somebody that is just, you know, maybe, maybe outside of, Baby, tell me, how did you get so? I don't know, you know, how things are in Nebraska. I don't know know, how things are in Montana. It's Mm -hmm. probably more difficult, but, you know, I could say with assurance that in California, there's like an abundance of work and there's not enough people to (coughs) fill these jobs. For sure. Um, I mean, the job report came out today, this morning, and it was mm-hmm. only 194,000 jobs created. Um, they were expecting 500,000. So, you know, I mean, maybe that's that, that does appear somewhat negative. The job reports also came out, you know, with, with the uh, revision downwards um, for the last two months. Um, but, uh, you know... It's hard to get a gauge on what's happening, especially with the millennials, at, you know, what's happening with their their current income, what's happening with their... Like, what are you hearing current... from your recruits, like people you try to hire? What are you hearing from them? What are they... So, I mean, thankfully, them? in the mortgage industry, we're thriving um, with uh, even with the upward trend in, in interest rates. Um, what we're seeing in, like, the real estate market right now, like, on home values, we're starting to see a little bit of a decline on a lot of home prices. So, you know, everything's kind of, you know, it's just, there's no real pinpointing of what, you know, what's happening economically. Um, I don't know why values are getting, you know, going down in right. certain areas. Um, Where are you seeing them go down? I mean, just uh, different parts of, uh, different parts of the coast. I mean, if they're getting cut on the coast, that means they're getting cut everywhere. Yep. Right? So, I mean, even in like certain parts of Newport Beach, I have a property in Carlsbad that I'm I listed on the water that um, it's a flip property we did a couple price cuts on it already um, so that was like 
wow, that's a waterfront property, you know. Mm -hmm. like, is that the like, one in San Diego? Yeah, I have, I have two oh. properties there, but one of them was a yeah. investment. I might just be renting it. Rents are going up, so you know, it's because there's just demand for housing is always going to continue to rise. There's mm -hmm. so many people moving here still, um, right. and not enough housing. Um, obviously, construction costs are higher right right now, so cost to build is up. So, um, but in terms of relating it to a, a recession or a depression, like <laughs> that, we're not there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now. We were there in the COVID. We had a recession. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a recession. Shortest lived one in U.S. history. Yeah, and we had a false, a false uh, decline in unemployment. That was simply people not wanting to work and yeah. not being able to work because we were quarantining. Because yeah. just fourteen days, guys. Just <laughs> fourteen days. We're gonna that. turn this fucker around. Back. <laughs> Lower the curve. Flatten the curve. Flatten yeah. The curve. So, so you brought up some stats, right? The comparison between the depression and COVID. Yeah. So one of the stats still. you yeah the, one of the stats you brought up was the highest unemployment rate was twenty five percent. Yes. That was during, during the, the depression. depression. Yes. During the okay, and then so COVID the recession really lasted about three quarters, correct? Yeah. Okay. So give or take the the Great Depression lasted from nineteen twenty nine to nineteen thirty three. Nineteen thirty three, right? Mm -hmm. but the entire the, era is considered ten years, four yes. years for mm -hmm. the actual statistical the, piece. The effects, right? So right. the highest unemployment was 25%, mm -hmm. 10 years of above 10% unemployment, mm -hmm. right? G uh, GDP went down by 40%. Um, and, you know, where the um, deflation went up as well, right? Which is deflation happens when currency goes up, value right. goes up, and nobody's buying anything, right? Mm -hmm. So when nobody's buying anything, businesses can't survive and they can't hire people. And that's why unemployment skyrockets right people were taking money out of the banks the the banks weren't weren't insured at that time the reason we have insured money now is right, because of that, of that time. time right so you literally like if people thought they were going to lose their money like the banks are going to go under and you lose all your money so people were like scramming their mattress yes envelopes yeah. tin cans envelopes tin cans like yeah mm -hmm. so that's why like there's some people that actually do that to this day. Oh, yeah. yeah if, if you have grandparents that are still alive that live through that time period, you may catch them still housing tin cans and, and keeping shit that you would have thrown away a long time ago. And you're like, why are you yeah. holding on to all this stuff? Mm -hmm. It's because that time period left such an impression. Well, you'll never know when you're going to need a tin can. <laughs> <laughs> I can bet hard on that one. Right. Um, so I responded, I responded to, I responded to um, uh, a TikTok comment. Um, saying that I think it's our mindset that's different now than than ever before, and um, and people just like wanted to attack me on on TikTok because they're like you don't know the, the, our excuses you don't know our problems like people were literally make trying to make logical arguments. Um, I want to pull the I want to pull them up actually. Um, it's a little wild to be able to say with any level of conviction that it's worse now than the depression. One is <laughs> go to uh, where it says um, oh go where buy videos. That, that's that's it right there. I think. Is that it? What does it say? We don't get paid enough to breed for barely surviving ourselves. Okay, pull pull that up. That video up. That response video. People were having more sex during World War II and the Great Depression. It's true. Um, 
Actually, go to the other video. It's like 26. Now, here's the thing with some yeah, of this commentary. I think that's it. Yeah. Incorrect. So this is how I pulled stats. Go ahead. What are you going to say, Joe? The reason why people are saying that they Speaking don't have enough... The, the reason why people may be saying this is because the reality is um, wages really can't support a lot of people's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So everything, if you go to lunch, it's mm -hmm. 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's two hours work that they don't... They didn't work. Right. You know, so if... <laughs> so it's like... Inflation. I always thought you were gonna be like super empathetic. Huh? I always thought you were gonna be like super empathetic right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> but you're like they didn't work it and they have to pay twenty bucks. So. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you gonna, you know, pay for your own lunch. lunch, or how are you gonna go yeah. to get groceries, you know, that are up a hundred percent in cost? Meat went up like thirty percent in the last couple months. You know? Yep. So, it, number one, you're you're living off of government handouts, and then everything's too expensive. To survive off of the the handout, so yeah. Well, that's another thing too. It could be misconstrued as a tough times. Well, and, and, and to be clear, I would definitely argue this is a tough time. Yes. For a number of reasons, we're in transition. So, and I don't think anybody's going to tell you there aren't issues, that there aren't things that we need to address, that there aren't real problems. Right. But comparing this time period to probably the worst economic time in U.S. history is wild. Uh, I get personal experience can be far different than reality, and I can recognize that somebody's personal experience tells them that's how they feel. But if we're looking at real data, um, and I guess it, you know it, we're somewhat assuming on what they're they're basing that on. But if we're looking at real analytics, GDP continues to go up, unemployment we can't we have more jobs and we have people who want jobs. Uh, but you're right about the living wage piece. It is harder right now to to um, make enough money to support your lifestyle. But in a time in which, you know, our poorest of our poor still have fucking $500 Jordans mm -hmm. and $1,000 iPhones. So it's like, you kind of have to take that with a little bit of a, a grain of salt. Yeah, and, and we're not saying that you can't be empathetic um, towards peop uh, people's situations. Like, I had very tough times as well. The, the, I think the point that I think most people want to make on this podcast is that the the idea that you have excuses and that those excuses are holding you back is not going to serve you long term. It's mm -hmm. not going to it's not going to do you any favors that having that philosophy. Um, so change that mindset. And that's the first step in you changing the, the your situation. Um, okay, so here was here was a, a comment. Um, this so I brought up a bunch of uh, stats right by uh, professors and things of that nature, and this girl says um now now period of time is harder than those two periods. And I was like, okay, I, I probably read that wrong, right? Yeah. You could probably read that wrong. And I'd be like, okay, well, so you're saying now is harder than the period during World War II and the period after the Great Depression. Am I understanding you? <laughs> and she said, yes. Emphatically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the pandemic is just the tip of the iceberg. Being an adult today is significantly harder oh than God. it was back then. Whoa. Okay. Um, no one's getting drafted for a war. <laughs> you and key term from what he said is lifestyle mm -hmm. change your lifestyle right. if you can't afford it change your lifestyle and I think we had a podcast previously of how much can we really live off of and if we really wanted to yeah, it I could be significantly too. less than what we're living on it now and right. especially we live in California right 
Yeah, I think your ladies' numbers were like 30,000, give or take. But then if you really think about it, it's like it could be so much less. Mine was like 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he said... uh, I said, I said, you, you're tremendously stretching to say a pandemic is worse than the, the war and the Great Depression where there was minimal help by the government. Like, there was no, that's another thing too, right? There was minimal help by the government. Good. Um, a lot of the, the Great New Deal came out of the Depression era with FDR. Right. We built roads to nowhere. The Hoover Dam Tra- was a... Railroads. It's a yeah. roads to nowhere. The I-90. Because uh, we... we had to put people to work, much like today, only it appears that during that time period people wanted to work, but we realized having people sit at home for long periods of time, specifically men, was very, very bad on multiple fronts. Mm-hmm. Everything from spousal abuse to kid abuse to depression, anxiety, all of those things were going up. And that wasn't during the Depression era, simply because men were at home not working. So mm-hmm. one of the initiatives was literally just get these fuckers to work. And the government was hiring people to build roads to nowhere, literally. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the I-90 was one of those projects. I think the Hoover Dam came on later, yes. but that was one of those projects just to get people working. Right. Because like any other animal, if, if you go too long without, without a particular habit, it's harder to get back into that habit. Right? It's like you get used to handouts, you'll get comfortable sitting home doing nothing, and now suddenly working a full-time job seems like slave labor. But that's the issue we have now. Mm-hmm. Many people have adapted handouts as their lifestyle. So that's, and they're going to relate that to a tough life because they've been doing nothing and everything's gotten expensive. Yep. And also birth rates are up from the, from the um, pandemic. So yeah, I wondered if that might happen. COVID people are home doing COVID nothing. Is like, yeah. <laughs> so now... They've been at home popping babies, <laughs> expecting more government it. handouts. Mm. Yeah, you know, everything got more expensive in the interim. But let's let's do the devil's advocate. So somebody, they're fifteen uh, minimum wage earner, right? And they they don't have the skill set maybe to, you know, earn more, um, because that people pay for skills, people pay for a return on investment. So. What what does somebody like that? What do they do to change their situation? I think the first step is to uh, change their mindset. But what what are your thoughts on that, ladies? To change their situation about like if they they're, they're just very they're they're struggling. They feel like they're struggling. They feel they're like li- they're uh, this, skilled laborers. Yeah, because like you can't like if you're if you're with this girl on the on the street, you can't just be like, hey, just stop being lazy. She's just she's just gonna keep arguing the point because she mentioned, even she said. Um, am I stretching? War is a choice. She literally, like, even <laughs> dug even deeper into. <laughs> See, Kyle. <laughs> she, she, she even. Where these people come from? Yeah, she even dug deeper into into this. And I think there's a lot of like millennials, Gen Z, that may think this way. How do you shift their mindset? How do you change that about them? I mean, you don't want to like force it, but. Is it this one person that was commenting, or did you have several people saying we, times we had, are tough? Yeah, we had several people saying that. Times are tough. It's hard. No, no, we didn't have people saying it was time because it's obvious that people struggled during this time, right? People were saying the Great Depression was more difficult, or not the less difficult than COVID. Mm. That's yeah. what people were arguing. Many people were arguing that on the, in the comments. Yeah, the Spanish flu right before that. Um. So, you know, we're, we're about to hit, we've hit our debt ceiling, and they're not going to raise it. Oh, they might. Mm-hmm. And America's going to default on their debt. Um, so what's happening is 
we're just wiping debt. They were, I read an article today that they're gonna, the mint is gonna print a trillion dollar coin. A trillion dollar coin. Wowzers. So, you know, <laughs> the government is remedying somehow the, the difficulties. They're not letting it get to a depression because they keep, keep printing mm-hmm. money. Right. So how could we, uh, you know, be in a severe state when we owe $60 trillion or something like that, right? Trillion. And we just keep raising that and raising it. So the government's not letting it happen. Um, so I'd, 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 I mean, I, I would look at what these people are doing on their free time. The ones that are arguing this, like, did you attempt? They are on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> they are. So the first thing you would do is you would audit their day. Their I would audit their TikTok to see what they're doing. Yeah. TikTok you dances. Work? She is spending time like responding and yeah. like, making and arguments. And then did you try to get? Did you apply for any work? Mm-hmm. Did you Did you go to school? You know, and and tradesmen are highly paid right now. Like yes. Because mm-hmm. like you, you can't get them. You know, a carpenter yeah. is booked. Yep. Months out. I can't mm-hmm. even get a carpenter to work right now for five, six months. He's like, that's how slammed they are. Mm-hmm. But See, working with your hands, that's hard work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's nobody... why the, the, it's hard work. So they're super, <laughs> they're expensive laborers. <laughs> Any tradesman right now is expensive. Yeah. The painter's expensive. Yeah. The paint is expensive for the painter. Mm-hmm. Everything's just, just uh, you know, these skilled laborers are like, they're clutch right now. Very clutch because they're very hard to get. They're hard to get to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're I mean they're working, but they're hard to get because they're so slammed. Right. They're booming. Their businesses are booming. Mm-hmm. It's actually encouraged to be a tradesman right now more than like anything. Yeah, For they sure. need to reintroduce the um, the classes in high school. They removed all of those from carpentry really? to oh yeah wood woodwork shop. wood shop. Yeah, they that. took all of that out, and so people didn't realize that it was actually a successful trade to be in. Now everyone thinks, okay, I need to get a job in an office somewhere because that's how I'll make money. If you don't like it, you don't have to do that. You should be in trades. There's guys that are great, girls that are great to be in trades, and they make, like you said, shit ton of money. Yeah, and tradesmen are. You know, highly paid now, six-figure incomes. Mm-hmm. So, so you would recommend for people to, to be in the trades as opposed to getting a liberal arts degree, pretty much, which is <laughs> well, like what you got. Right? Follow well, your passion. You know, I got lucky because uh, I I'm just a, a salesman, right? So, and I got introduced to an industry where it's right. highly lucrative. Mm-hmm. So it was total luck of the draw. Now, what I wanted to do was get my doctorate in sociology, but I'd be like sitting on a beach. You know, <laughs> broke. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Commenting on TikTok. With, with a joint yeah. in my mouth or something like, yeah, life is yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it makes sense. I, uh, being a CEO is tough work. I, I don't like it. I don't see my family as much as I'd like. Um, and it's demanding when you have a, four kids and a wife and all of them are like, where's daddy? So... You know, maybe that would have been, it would have been nice to be broke commenting on TikTok. <laughs> some, some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, can you talk about, so you went to UCSB, right? Yeah. Um, so what you said education earlier, what do you mean by that? Um, what, what do I mean by education? If, if, you're, if you didn't go to school, you said, you mentioned that. Like, if you didn't go to school, did you go to school or were you educated? Um, well, I went to school. I went to college. I went to grad school. I dropped out of grad school. 
then went back to law school, didn't finish law school. Um, so education was always on my mind to complete, but it just, you know, wasn't, I always knew, like, what are you going to do next? Because I know, you know, we hire people mm -hmm. for, with masters is at very entry-level jobs. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, because uh, liberal arts degrees are not trades. They're not, like, in demand. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you better, if you're going to go to school now, my kids, they're not going to be sociologists. They're gonna be like, <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way Emma's going to be a sociologist. Some sort of scientific degree, and then, you know. STEM, yeah. If you're going to be in college, just yeah. to get a STEM degree. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I said. Or like yeah. a trade, that you're going to do something. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, what would you say about somebody that's, or what would you say to somebody that's having this philosophy or that makes these excuses regarding their life situation or whatever the case may be? How would they step out of that, and what would you what would you say to them? Um, what you're saying about laziness, mm -hmm. I think it is super duper high at the point because we are giving them money, and it's right. going to be hard to create the momentum needed to get them off of their feet. Right. So I would again ask them who they're hanging out with. Look at who they're hanging out with. Um, right now, if you're talking about if people don't have skills, there's Google. You can YouTube anything and everything right now online to figure out literally anything. Yeah. So again, it comes back to laziness. And it's not our job to try to change them. It's going to be theirs. Right. So when I'm looking at these people on TikTok or whatever, commenting, it's like, what else do you have doing? Or what else are you getting with your life? What does that serve you to continuing to badger our current times now? Our current times is not tough. You just have to get tougher. That's how I, I definitely see it. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to somebody that would see that as insensitive towards their situation? Like... Dude, like people are like really reactive and they're very. What do you call them? Snowflakes. This. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody's like, "Hey, dude, like uh, I'm struggling right now. I don't have I don't have an education, maybe." Um, which I think people that have like like he said, master's degrees. Uh, uh, people that have master's degrees are are applying for entry level sales positions. But Dan Price, who's getting a lot of uh, attention right now, and, I, and some of what he's saying, I enjoy. But he's, you know, he was made famous for kind of creating this equality in his company where he's paying everyone the same amount of money, essentially. Everybody gets $70,000, yeah. which is a cool concept. But he is very outspoken on social media right now, calling out a lot of the hypocrisy, some of which he's, he's absolutely right about. Some of it, I think he needs to think through what he's saying a little bit more. But, um, but he, one of his comments was, a generation that did everything right. And I wish I could pull this up, but he said, a generation that did everything right, did everything they were supposed to do. They went to school. They're the most highly educated group in the Mer America, and they what can't What generation are we talking about? This one. This, this one. one. Millennials, Which? Gen Z. Oh. And to immediately, there's only, in my world, there's only one way we would have known they did it right. Yeah. They're living the life they want. Mm. Right? So, like, it's not on any, it's not on anybody the choice you make. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. If you thought going to school was your way to get to being uh, <laughs> phallically involved, <laughs> um, then that was on you. Mm -hmm. like, the, our education system is broke. There's no doubt about that. But that isn't anybody's, that's not anybody other than you. You chose to go into debt. You chose to go to school. Like the, uh, it's, to me, it's, it's an easy argument that we we live in the greatest time in history. Like, I, that's a fun exercise. Like, hey, mm -hmm. pick pick a time you'd rather live in than right mm -hmm. now, 
And that isn't to say, like, I, I it's, unfortunately, when we start getting into these discussions, people do get very triggered and they get upset because you don't understand my plight. You don't. You you can't speak for me. You don't understand what I'm going through. Yes, um, no one I think is trying to say that there aren't struggles right now, and you're there is a there is an issue with. Um, labor, how much you're getting paid to how much things cost. There is a real issue there. It's only going to get worse, by the way. Inflation is getting crazy. And that shouldn't surprise anyone based on the administration's decisions and how we're deciding to move forward. But to say that it's worse than another time period is, is silly for a number of reasons, and it really doesn't help resolve the issue. What can you do to change? Like you were pointing out, yeah. getting an education now is easier than ever, a real education. You have access to more information now. We're choking on information. Mm -hmm. Our issue is we're not very wise. We don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. But information, access to information is more now than ever, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and it, I would say it is easier right now to make a tremendous amount of money than any other time in history. But you have to know what you're doing, yeah. which mm -hmm. takes taking personal accountability yeah. and going out there and doing something with yourself. Yeah, because right. even with social media, you can make money off of social media, you know? So it's mm -hmm. like if you don't have the skill set to go off or to do some kind of trade work or the education, DIY yeah. stuff. I think it was Poshmark. yesterday, actually, mm -hmm. I I jumped on t TikTok since we're on there, and I was like, okay, let me just go in there and check out our videos. And it's so funny that you laugh every time you open it up. It's like, it in your face. I'm like, ah. like ah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was this woman on there, and she she was live, and I was like, what is she doing? You know, now I'm sucked into TikTok. Um, and so she was giving basically a reading like to people, and she was talking to her audience, and she was like, this is my... Um, this is my Venmo. Go ahead and submit your question for what it is that you want a response for. Once we get like the money in, like we'll go ahead and like I'll ask the spirit the question and sure, sure. she's making money wow. off of that, you know. So yeah, like, people do tarot readings. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So people get creative. So as far as like being insensitive to things, it's just analyzing what what is it that you want, what are you complaining about, kind mm -hmm. of thing, and. You, you make a choice. You pick your, your shit sandwich kind of thing, yeah. right? So um, he was talking about, it, you know, he's a businessman. He's a CEO. So he pays a price, which is... Sacrificing his family. Yeah, not being able to see his family or spend as much time with his family as he wants. Everybody else who's at home complaining, about that's family. your shit sandwich. You've yeah. chosen that, right? So it's like, what price do you want to pay if you want to continue being at home, getting paid by the government, your price is everything that you're complaining about. Yeah. Because everybody has something. Yeah. Right? So I'm yeah, like, well said. I don't get it. I just don't get it. You can get creative. So. War is a choice is an interesting statement. Uh, I just want to go back to that for two yeah. seconds. That's why I said seek Heil. Because had we not got involved in World War II, there's a good chance we all would have been speaking German right now and we'd mm. be living in a much different world. Yeah. So I would argue we had a social responsibility that we reluctantly tried to get out of. But um, the most unpopular topic in school right now is history. We can't be bothered with what old people and dead people did. Because so. we want to change it now. We yeah, want to change the history. Change history. Change, change, yeah. Like, oh, my God. But uh, thankfully, there were good men who were willing to step up in that time and yeah. fight for freedom. Mm -hmm. But you know, a common complaint would be they're gonna people are gonna look at us and be like, "Hey, everybody's pretty attractive on this podcast. Um, everybody is privileged in their eyes. Everybody's done work to 
okay. present themselves the way okay. that we have. But, you know? but but I would argue I would argue that people on this podcast probably have had more challenges than a lot of people. And I think the more you, successful you become, like those challenges, I think help d- develop you and help uh, harden your character and make you the person you are today. I agree. And so for 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 people to say that oh you have privilege or you're a white person or whatever the case may be or you know you guys are you know you have money or whatever the case may be whatever your excuse is imagine all the challenges that all of us had to go through consistently um, and i think the one the, the reason we're saying change your mindset is because at one point we had to change our mindset mm-hmm. yeah there was go, always i don't have an excuse mm-hmm. i i can't make any more excuses somebody thankfully may have told like sat us down and been like, Hey, suck it up, mm-hmm. get back to work, make it happen. I yeah. don't care what your freaking excuse is. And thank God that person showed up in your life. If, the, if that person did, or it was yourself, it was or your inner own voice. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Or your own <laughs> voice. Yeah. Or your own voice. I mean, Joe has told me shit that I didn't mm-hmm. want to hear multiple times. Sebastian <laughs> told me shit. I want to hear it multiple times. And though I've reacted negatively, I'm like, I'm very grateful that you guys did that, you know, yeah. uh, at that, at this point, because like you need to look at yourself, you need to reflect and go, what do I need to change? Yeah. And that's when you start progressing as opposed to like always trying to point fingers and, you know, emotionally react to TikTok comments. But I think that that reflection piece <coughs> is really important too, mm-hmm. though, because it's mm-hmm. not just enough to surround yourself um, with people that will tell you those things, but because anybody can tell you anything, you could just like brush it off yeah. or whatever. So I think it's important to really take the time to reflect and internalize that and uh, bring about that self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So what if we like talked about our challenges that we've had? Um, so Joe, can you tell me like a, a time in your life that from the outside looking in, people should have would have said, it's, go, it's okay to quit. It makes sense to quit right now. I mean, all the time. I mean, part of getting... <laughs> <laughs> it was like, just yesterday. <laughs> just yeah, about quitting. Call. The morning where I was like, you got to just quit this. You don't need any more this or this. <laughs> um, so you, the reality is we don't grow in comfort. Right. We grow in discomfort. We grow when there's suffering, right? And that's mm-hmm. when you grow the most. When, th- when you're on your high horse... Um, you don't need to grow. You don't need to, uh, you, you don't, even, it's even hard to self-reflect because you're like, well, things are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I seek wisdom, right? I seek people mm-hmm. to c- give me criticism, you know, and the the problem I have the most in my position is no one really critiques you anymore. Um, thankfully, I have a partner. He critiques me, but people won't speak up and be like, why'd you say that? Or why'd you do that? Or, you know, like just the other day, I, and I didn't even realize it when I kind of spoke. I speak. I spoke in a way that's condescending to the organization. Like, why aren't you guys doing this? And <laughs> it got, you know, in my tonality and my delivery, um, and and like I'm leading you guys to the water. I'm giving you everything. And why aren't you guys, you know, all millionaires here? You know, I'm telling you exactly the the blueprint. Um, and it was a way. I, someone mentioned it to my partner. He told me he's like, they're speaking condescending to you. And you're speaking kind of sending a little bit to the people, and I think it might be rubbing the wrong, wrong way. And I was like, thanks for telling me. Like, I didn't realize I'd, I'm doing that. I really need to change the way I'm, my approach to people. Like, 
no one's telling me. Like, why don't you guys mm-hmm. tell me? You know, is it your tone? Was yeah. it your just? Well, I mean, your tone sometimes delivery? I can be harsh because, you know, I'm leading people and uh, I'm telling them exactly what to do, and and sometimes they just, people just don't listen. You mm-hmm. know, like they don't they don't apply what I'm what I'm my what I'm telling them. So my leadership strategy has gotten a little bit more harsh, and that's not a good way to lead. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I try to lead like with a service leadership mentality and uh and it gets you know it's it is true it's lonely at the top but no one wants to help you when you so i gotta go to different mentors and just like ask for it now mm-hmm. and then you know get a coach yeah you got to get a coach or you know and then um you know i seek spiritual advice or whatever and even that's getting you know washed because you're so busy all the time um but when people tell me something now, like I know, like it's a problem, you know, like I got, and I, and I'm immediately remedy it. Um, but discomfort, like my whole life has been like, Oh, whether you're bullied or people are mean to you, like that's when I've grown and I've kind of adapted that into my life. And that's when I've really been able to shine and kind of be like, look at me. You know, I, I so that's something I want to bring up real quick and highlight something that I think is really powerful. You just said, you're at the top of your industry in what you do. Not a lot of people that are higher than you where you're at. So you don't get a lot of criticism. And it sounded like, and you tell me if I'm wrong, you're wanting criticism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And on top of that, when, when somebody who maybe is way down the organizational chart from where you're at shares their opinion about their experience around you, you listen. Absolutely. And you take it for merit. Yeah. What's fascinating to me is, you have a level of success that a lot of people would say, you don't need to listen to them, and yet you want to listen. And then we have a lot of people <laughs> mm-hmm. who haven't done shit with their life yet <laughs> who are unwilling to listen and mm-hmm. don't want to hear anything other than what they think is, is real. Yeah. So I was oh, doing a c- commercial yesterday, <laughs> and it's like, they asked me a question, like, if you were to go back in time and t- talk to your 10-year-old self, what would you tell them? Like, I'd be like, I would tell them to seek wisdom. Like, yes. Listen, everybody, and like, go back. Don't be like you don't know it all. You don't know anything. Number one, you're ten, but you think you know everything, right? Mm-hmm. As a kid, and then as you grow older, and now I'm in this position of leadership, and I have to lead, you know, seven hundred people. I really don't know anything to lead them. Like the only place I get wisdom from is God, thankfully. Um, and uh, and now I'm listening to everybody. I actually created a uh, in our intranet and then the organization a drop down for suggestions within every department. Awesome. And I created an email for suggestions at emortgagecapital.com so people just email any suggestion, anything you think of. I don't care if you, like, talk to talk smack about me. Just email it. You know? yeah. like, I want to hear it. You know, and I read all the suggestions, and I'll implement every suggestion. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out seeking wisdom. I'm seeking opinions. I'm seeking uh, people to say something negative. I do a manager meeting on Mondays, and it's like, just me talking and it sucks you know like i need i like you got 50 brilliant managers and vps on the call and it's like i'm supposed to give all of them the necessary advice like make the necessary decisions for their teams and their their businesses uh and uh you know it'd be great if they were just telling me dude you did this wrong do this do that you do this you know i'm like so (laughs) so i'm even figuring out i'm trying to figure out ways to get more engagement you know so people aren't, aren't always like do you, having me do, do you gripe about how you receive the 
the do criticism? Gripe, do I gripe about it? Do, like, so if you receive the criticism in a harsh way, would you be like, oh, why do you say it like that? Uh, no. Uh, if, if someone gives me criticism, I, like, embrace it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, like, my partner told me, he's like, it's funny, like, you just received that. Someone told me that. I told you that. And you're like, oh, well, that's good. He's like, he laughed about it. He's like, you just like smiled and you're like, okay, I, I can work on that. But that's generally an indicator of somebody who's fairly secure with who they are mm -hmm. and is, has the humility to want to learn. If we don't take criticism or somebody isn't willing to take criticism, the first thing that, the one, that's the leading indicator to me of somebody who is unsettled with who they are. Right? There's, they don't have a lot of security in who they are, so they're trying to defend themselves and they take it very personal. But... This is a principle I talk a, a lot about with our guys. Mm -hmm. Successful people don't have different problems. They have different solutions. Mm -hmm. They're looking at the world through a different lens, right? They're focusing on different things. And this is where we get lost. A lot of, we'll say, unsuccessful people create these stories that successful people just got lucky or things just fell their way. And, of course, there's always an element of luck to success. But when you start interviewing successful people, you'll start to notice trends. They think differently about their world. They have a different mentality. They have a different way they approach things. So that's, you know, as a teaching point, if you want to get really good at something or if you want to find a level of success in your life, go find people who are a success in that area because they're the easiest ones to be able to show you how to get there. They've actually done it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for a lot of us, we're paying attention to people online that may or may not have much success yet telling us how we should think, how we should behave. And then when our world doesn't make sense, we're confused. Why am I getting the result? And then ultimately we think we're a victim. Mm -hmm. Something's happened here. Right. I think seek out, seek out wisdom, be, be able to uh, accept criticism, which I think a lot of people in the comments, and I'm, I'm not saying this to hurt you. I'm, I'm saying this for you is that when you're looking at a comment, a, a constructive criticism try not to lash out try to come back to it later and just take it in because it could mean you changing if you just think about it and then adjust um so joe do you mind talking about like your most difficult moment um just in general because what i what i think what i project onto successful people is oftentimes again they have way more challenges than the average person and again, most people that are unsuccessful look at those people and go, you don't have as many challenges as me. And that's the excuse they use to not progress. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, challenges are why I rose, right? So that <clears throat> my greatest challenge came during the pandemic. During the pandemic, <clears throat> when I was at the peak of our industry, we so I had that was like one of the greatest challenges. And I'll tell you about the, another one this year. Um, when I did my merger with my partner at the time, it was 2020. Uh, it was about May of 2020, and we were just a broker. We were becoming a mortgage bank, and I'm not a banker by trade. Like I'm a salesman at the end of the day. Like I'm just a superstar salesman. So, I I was originating a lot of business. I became a bank. I I brought in a bunch of uh, brokers to the organization. Sold a bunch of people to come in. We were doing a ton of loans. So we had about 100 branch managers at the time. And I got, and the pandemic hit, all the banks' warehouse lines, all the banks stopped buying loans. Yep. I had $100 million warehouse line. I had $50 million stuck that I couldn't sell these loans back to the investor because there was, you know, the pandemic, they weren't buying, lines of credits were frozen. I mean, it was just a nightmare. And I was like, I got $50 million stuck in my line. Like, 
I, I don't have $50 million. <laughs> like, Shit. where the hell am I going to get $50 million? You know, and uh, I just didn't know what I was going to do. It could have just destroyed me, right? And what I did was um, I reached out to, thankfully, my best friend was a banker, and he was kind of like a true nerdy banker, you know, like <laughs> an underwriter and by trade, right? He's like... We all need guy. a nerdy banker. In yeah, our he's <laughs> like, he is a... Ho- he is a... Wi- I'm, I'm actually a Y guy, and a Y guy, like according to Simon Sinek, is like the visionary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a how guy is how the guy, guy that puts yeah. it all together, and he's like the one, the operations. He's like, there's a yin and there's a yang, this right? There's, uh, so I reached out yeah. to my best friend, Sam, in okay. high school, and he was a mortgage banker at the time. He was a traditional mortgage banker. I was a broker, and I, I had a model where I run, ran on really, really thin margins. And I'm like, well, join me. We're going to be a banker, but I'm not going to charge any banking fees. You know, I'm not going to have a margin on, on there. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, that doesn't work. Like, that's what bankers do. I'm like, no, we're going to be a banker. I need, I need to get rid of all these loans, and we're going to have no margin, and we're going to gain a ton of market share. It's going to work, you know, but, but I can't do it without you. Because you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I just know how to bring in people. I know how to drive in the sales. I just don't know how to execute the, the, the banking back end side. Yeah. So, um, so I brought him in, and we moved all the loans off the warehouse line, and, and we kept bringing in more business, and I created a seamless banking process with no margin. First banker ever to charge no margin for branches. Like, what, you're a mortgage banker. You have zero padding on your interest rates. You're crazy. Why would you do that? Well, I want market share. Um, and then I ended up, you know, what I thought was going to destroy me, you know, ended up, you know, mm. I looked That's for amazing. solutions and I overcame <laughs> it. And then boom, now here we are, like biggest non-delegated banker, right? Um, because I was like, we're going to figure this out. Thank God I had a friend who was a banker who understood the whole banking process, the underwriting process. And we created a f- full-on funding department mm-hmm. as a result of it. That was last year. This year, same thing happened. So in tw- uh, March 4th of 2020, the CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage, who's my um, mentor, he's uh, now he owns about 40% of the wholesale business in uh, America, and 40, 45%. Um, he, uh, he told me, he told the nation that if you do business with Rocket Mortgage, that he's not going to do business with you. So at the time, this was March 4th, I had... I had eight vice presidents in the company, right? Two of the VPs were my top two VPs, made about 30% of my market, 30, 35% of my company, um, said, if you decide you're not going to work with Rocket, we're out of here. I'm like, dang, holy moly. And we were doing 500 million a month combined between Rocket Mortgage and United Wholesale Mortgage. They said, we're not going to, we're out if you do this. And I'm like, you're going to walk out. Like, I gave you everything. I built a company, you know, like, you know, you guys are multimillionaires. You guys were bums. Now you're multimillionaires. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. way to give some encouragement. <laughs> so and now and now you guys are gonna walk off. You know, like that's 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 terrible. Mm. Um, so they they did. And uh, long story short, we basically no. I'm not I'm not kidding. They weren't bums. They're they're great guys, and they're they've always been great guys but uh but that's how i felt in my head right mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. super bummed about it and uh i couldn't believe like they they obviously they achieved massive levels of new success right they were making a couple hundred grand a year and now they're making millions of dollars a year and it all happened through emerge capital and thankfully we've been in a position to bless many other people and it's that's a real root of why we're successful um but as what happened was i lost half my business 
just walked right out the door. Wow. Mm. And uh, I was like, we're going to overcome this. I met with the CEO of VWM. I'm like, I need to recruit more. I need to, you know, I, I used that as an opportunity to just basically reinvent myself. And I just immediately started hitting the ground running with new initiatives for the company. I'm like, well, if they're going to roll, good. I wasn't really much of a visionary at the time because mm. it was just coming easy. I didn't have to mm. always come mm. in with new ideas. I didn't have to always come in with new marketing initiatives. I didn't have to always kind of coach the company. I didn't have to do videos all the time and you know, events all the time. I didn't have to do anything. It was just easy. Like I had these great leaders that were just bringing in money and things just came easy and I just kind of focused on my production. And um, So they left. I'm like, forget this. I'm not going to focus on my production. I'm going to focus on building the organization, recruiting, bringing in talent, creating new marketing ideas, creating new initiatives, and just being a real CEO. And it kind of helped redirect my path because I was like, I'm still going to be number one without you guys. It's epic. I love I it. I love so, that. That's a great story. So, <laughs> no, that happened this year. So it's like Dang. every year. It's like God does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, and here's the thing that a spiritual mentor of mine told me. It's like when times are good and they're too good, that's when something's wrong. Mm. You know, like when everything's going well, right. like there's something wrong here. And that's what I've noticed in my life. Like and everything's going just fine. Like something's got to be going bad. Because <laughs> I got too many variables. Like one thing's got to be off. Everything just can't jive. Well, the, the underlying truth that if you look at like cycle of nations, um, there's an old saying, easy times make weak people. Weak people make tough times. Tough times make strong people. But it's the cycle of humanity. When things get too easy, we get more entitled, we get lazier, and we create tough times. Welcome to 2021. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, I, it, people reject what we're saying because it, you'll, they'll think, it's tough. You don't understand. You're out of touch with what's going on. No. Every generation has had things to overcome. Every generation has had right. its struggles. Mm -hmm. Please, let's not be the generation that throws in the towel and decides we're not going to fucking step up to the plate. Yeah. Right? We, we all have our struggles. We all have our things that we got to overcome. But if we think right about our world, we will overcome them. If we lay down and, and submit and become a victim to the, the world we're confronting, then we're hosed. Yeah. And that's the empowering part is taking ownership for your life, mm -hmm. which is what at least if social media is any indication, we seem less and less inclined to want to do. We just want to talk about our problems. Yeah. <laughs> and our feelings. And our feelings. And <laughs> a pro tip. Pay far more attention to the merit of what somebody is saying than their fucking tone. That drives me up a wall. Now, that doesn't mean if you're a coach or if you're a teacher, if you're a leader, that doesn't mean that you don't have a responsibility to deliver the message in a way that is palatable, that people will, will listen to. Yeah. But if you're on the receiving end of that, don't reject what somebody is saying simply because you don't like the tone in which they're saying it. Pay attention to the merit of their words. And you'll get a much further in life. It, it crushes me when I see people reject something simply because they don't like the person speaking <laughs> or they don't like the tone in which the person is speaking. Like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, I want to clarify something, and then I want your, your thoughts on everything. Um, can you pull up the third video? Um, I, I keep pointing at the screen. but uh, Yeah, pull up that third video up. Let's play this video really quick. And then... It's <coughs> valid.
but what causes a successful person versus a non-successful person? And the successful person will say, of course, all valid, in spite of that, I'm gonna make it happen. And that's what you need to, to do with, with your mentality, is in spite of whatever your challenges are, make it happen, yeah. right? A lot of people have different excuses, and the successful person is the one that makes, makes everything work regardless of the circumstances, and the unsuccessful person is the one that keeps pointing the finger. And saying, this, the old saying goes, if you're pointing one finger at something, three you're pointing point three point. back at yourself. At least, three. So, yeah. at least three. At least three. <laughs> so we have, a, we, have a, we have five pillars in our organization. The first one's service relationships. Um, the, the third one's community. Our fourth one is, is thumb pointers. Uh-huh. So uh, there is no excuse. Like, if you make an excuse, it's, it's your fault. Right, you right. just point the thumb right back at yourself. There's no, like, no. It's, it's just you're, you're the reason. Yes. So it's not like there is no pointing fingers in our, our, our company. We, everything is our fault. We're in complete control. So we have to land this in a second, but I just want to make a really quick point. So what, somebody in the comments said, so what you're saying is that our excuses are valid, but then what you do say after that is you invalidate our excuses. So what is it? Is it, Are you validating or are you invalidating our excuses? Because I said it's valid, however, make it happen anyways. So there's a distinction that needs to be made. Your challenges, right, are... are are valid regarding the the Challenge obstacles the, yeah. the the obstacles that you have to overcome and it's and they and they suck normally your challenges suck they're hard they're emotionally disturbing but the successful people the the successful person is going to make the decision to have the mentality of I'm going to make it happen regardless and I think that's a distinction that that needs to be made what are your thoughts on that yeah so the reality is the challenges are true. They're real. There's no that. So their comments, like they are valid challenges. They they exist, right? The the invalid part is saying that that's the that's when you throw your. My wife says like, you can just take your sucker and your binky and throw it in the ground. <laughs> like, that's that's the invalid part, right? Like oh, yeah, you know, that's what my baby does, right? Like oh, throw the tantrum about it, <laughs> or do you just rise up and overcome it? And uh, that's the distinction, you know, like that's where we say, are, are you finger pointers or are you thumb pointers? Like we have complete control of our success and complete control of our failures. Mm-hmm. So success is overcoming the obstacle. Failure is just th- giving into it. So that's, uh, that's uh, kind of a distinction we've made and that's really relatable to what's happening here. Got it. All right, we got to land this. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for uh, for joining our podcast we look forward to conversing with you in the future about you know different things and having you on the podcast if you're listening um thank you so much for 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 joining us and we look forward to seeing you in the future